Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 134. Um, yeah, hope everybody enjoyed their Christmas and New Year's and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're starting off 2023 with what I think is a pretty good one here. Got my son's cat meowing at me already in the background, so that's fun. Um, let's go ahead and start things off here. This is a band that I never heard of until last year, and uh, I think that kind of goes for a lot of people, honestly. Um, but they've been busy. Uh, the band is Moonlight Sorcery from Finland. They formed in 2018, uh, but they've released, I think, a demo, and then they've done two EPs within 2022. So it was a busy year for them. They released one... I want to say in January or February, and then um, this newest one kind of surprised me. I didn't really know there was anything else coming out from them, but then this one came out on uh, December 3rd, so it was pretty late in the game. But I loved uh, their first EP that actually made it on um, kind of my end of the year best of list, because uh, I kind of had my top 10 albums, and then just for good measure, I threw in two or three you know, uh, of my EPs of the year. But it makes you wonder, like, they released an EP in February and then an EP in December. Like, should they have just waited and released a full length instead of two EPs? But, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess. The way music is kind of consumed these days. It's all just there on different streaming services. You can just listen to it all in one shot if you feel like it. But yes, this new EP is called Night Wind, The Conqueror from the Stars. And a beautiful album cover. The production is, uh, is very similar to the first EP. Uh, I didn't actually check, but I assume they probably went to the same studio. Uh, but this was released independently, just uh, purely digital. I don't think there's any physical copies of this. Um, but it's really good. I mean, I really loved the, just the, their brand of melodic black metal that they played on uh, their debut EP. And this one uh, just follows suit. And um, the songs are just really well written. Excellent guitar work. Uh, dig the guy's vocals. I can't remember how many pieces there are to this band. I want to say it's just like a two-piece I uh, could be wrong on that, though, but yeah, they're a band I had not heard of, and I definitely, you know, hadn't heard of them when they first released that EP back in February. I didn't actually hear that EP until probably, oh, August, September, something like that. I think I've actually played something from that first EP on uh, an older episode here, uh, from probably from the early fall. So yes, I'm going to play something off of this new one here. So off of the new EP, Night Wind, The Conqueror from the Stars, this is Moonlight Sorcery with Ancient Sword of Hate.
All right, there we have it. That was Moonlight Sorcery from Finland with Ancient Sword of Hate. Uh, yeah, as I said, that was released independently uh, digitally, so uh, if you're into that, make sure and find their uh, Bandcamp page and purchase the record so you can support the band. Uh, all right, we're going to Denmark here. This is a five-piece death metal band that's been going since 2015. I'm not totally sure of the pronunciation of the band name. I always just say Beast, but they flip the E and the A, so it's B-A-E-S-T. So, uh, but yeah, they're a good band. They're not one that I have like checked out really thoroughly and uh, and really fully digested their records and stuff, but I've heard enough to know that uh, it's solid. It's good stuff. Um, they don't go too insane with uh, the speed and technicality and stuff like that. It's just really thick, heavy, ballsy death metal. Um, but what made me want to play them uh, and this particular song as well is I just saw something recently of them performing i'm not sure if it's like an awards show or something in denmark but it's basically a big performance hall um full of people who are clearly not into death metal <laughs> and like i don't know if it's just their version of the grammys or some sort of other awards show no idea but there's a lot of uh older generation let's say in the audience and um and they performed live, and it was really funny because pretty early on in the performance they cut to the crowd, and you can just see a couple of older people covering their ears. Uh, but they performed this particular song that I'm about to play, and it sounded great. Like, the performance itself was great. You could tell that they were just having fun with it. They knew who they were playing to, uh, what kind of crowd they were playing to, so they uh, they just kind of did their thing and uh, had smiles on their faces, but uh, it was kind of funny to watch. And... Um, Plus, I thought the song was cool, so I decided to, uh, it made me go back and revisit their most recent record, and, uh, and I listened to it, uh, just this past week and said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that on the, on the next episode. So, the album, uh, the most recent one, anyways, they've got three albums, uh, their debut was in 2018, and then, uh, another one in 2019, and then this third album, called Necro Sapiens, came out in March of 2021 through Century Media. And yeah, and like their albums don't really seem to deviate from each other too much. They kind of have their formula and they stick to it. But got some nice clear production, very thick production, and uh, it's just punchy and aggressive and chunky and uh, good vocals as well. So here we go. If you haven't seen that video that I was talking of, you should look it up. It's pretty good. But uh, they do play this particular song. So here we go. Off of Necro Sapiens, this is Beast with Genesis.
All right, that was Beast from Denmark with Genesis. Uh, all right, we're jumping to Germany here. This is some really old school sound and metal here. Uh, just sounds just as filthy as kind of early 80s uh, Venom records, I would say. Uh, but they're not around anymore. The band is called Bulldozing Bastard, and I've played them once before because I heard them on Radio Fenris back in the day. Um, they only put out two records, and uh, I haven't even heard uh, the debut. But it's a two-piece band that existed from 2012 to 2018, and uh, and they've split up now. But uh, they were signed to High Roller Records, which was a, a great label, still is a great label, but... Um, but yeah, whenever I first heard them on Radio Fenris, that was my first thought, was like, man, this sounds like just some nasty, like, early Venom stuff to me, but kind of mixed with a bit of a speed metal, a little more of a speed metal touch and less of a new wave of British heavy metal touch, uh, but just had nasty vocals and everything. I think I played the title track um, previously on a very early episode of the podcast, you know, probably within the first ten episodes, I'd say, but I haven't played them since. And uh, it's a shame they're not around anymore because I really enjoyed this uh, this particular album. I ha- again, I haven't heard the debut, but this album is great. So the album, the second one, is called Under the Ram, and that came out in March of 2015 through High Roller Records, as I said. Uh, debut was from 2013, and then they put out this one in 2015, and then that was it. But, um, but yeah, a lot of good ones on this one. Production suits the music perfectly, and I uh, love this guy's nasty vocals, so... Here we go, some old school stuff off of their album Under the Ram. This is Bulldozing Bastard with Brass Knuckle Death Strike. Come 
That is Bulldozing Bastard from Germany with Brass Knuckle Death Strike. Um, such a great record and definitely just feels like it came straight out of the 80s. Uh, all right, we're jumping to Sweden here. There's actually a lot of Swedes on this, uh, this episode. Uh, this is a five-piece black metal band that's been going since 2012 called Nazgor. It's N-A-Z-G-H-O-R. And I had not heard them until this uh, new album of theirs. It's their first one in five years, but uh, they've put out seven up to this point. Uh, the album's called Seventh Secular Crusade, and that came out on November 25th. And I just happened to see something about it being newly released and uh, decided to check it out and really enjoyed it. So as I said, the first record in five years, and it came out through the Wild Hunt Records. And if I were to compare it to anything, it's kind of that still has that kind of Swedish touch, that little kind of melodic Swedish touch, but still has kind of the uh, intensity of a band like Urgehal or, uh, you know, Sethereal. Bands like that. So they're still kind of high-intensity uh, black metal bands, but they just have that subtle kind of Swedish black metal touch to them. But, um, but it's good. It's definitely not, um, you know, stretching the boundaries of the genre or anything. It's just pretty straight-up black metal. But uh, black metal is kind of one of those genres that... You need that. You need those bands that just kind of keep flying that flag of, uh, of just more straightforward, traditional black metal, um, and then just have those handful of bands that are really uh, pushing the envelope. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed this record. I have yet to go back and check out the first six. I need to, um, because I again, I really like this record. So still pretty new, still pretty fresh. So if you haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out. So here we go, off of their seventh album. Seventh Secular Crusade, this is Nazgore with Son of Shadows.
we go. That was a Nazgore from Sweden with Son of Shadows. Um, that is some really solid black metal right there, and uh, I think my comparison to a band like Sethereal is a pretty good one. Uh, there's a lot of similarities there, to my ears at least. Uh, Alright, we're going to the USA here out of Utah. Not exactly a hotbed for, for metal, but uh, this is a five-piece like traditional heavy metal band that's been going since 2010. And uh, the kind of noteworthy thing for me in regards to their lineup is uh, the singer. So the band is Visigoth, and Visigoth is really one of the best uh, at doing this really old-school traditional metal style uh, these days, I would say. And their singer is the mastermind behind the, uh, the one-man band from Utah called Gallobraid. And Gallobraid has not released anything in probably since 2010 <laughs> or so. But um, but there's an album called Ashen Eidolon, and it's a masterpiece of kind of Agaloc-ish, you know, kind of nature-inspired melodic black metal, and um, it's just a fantastic record, and um, everyone's been kind of waiting for Galibraid to release something else, and for a while there we were told that it was in the works, and then nothing happened, and then he kind of said, yeah, I think Galibraid might be done. So it's like, well, what happened to this next record, you know? Uh, so there's really no no telling um, if that's ever going to happen again. But he's uh, definitely shifted all of his focus and attention to this band. Uh, and he plays all the instruments in Galibraid, but in this band I believe he's just the standalone vocalist. He doesn't play an instrument or anything. Um, but as I said, they do this style really well. Uh, they've been playing shows and festivals and stuff, and uh, from what I've heard, they're an excellent live band as well. Um, I'm going to play something from the debut. It's the one I'm most familiar with. Uh, came out in January of 2015 called The Revenant King, and that came out through Metal Blade Records, which is pretty awesome that they were able to get signed to Metal Blade. I believe they're still signed to Metal Blade as well. Uh, but yeah, they've only put out two. Um, the second one I've heard a little bit of, but I haven't given it the full attention that it probably deserves. But uh, this debut... I love it. It even has a really old-school-looking uh, album cover as well, kind of like the old Sirith Ungol-type artwork, you know, the the real kind of bright paintings and stuff. Um, but yeah, as I said, to you know, to my ears, they're they're one of the best uh, doing this style these days. So here we go. A little bit of a lengthy tune, around seven minutes, but I, it doesn't feel too long to me at all. So hopefully you agree. So here we go, off of the debut album, The Revenant King. This is Visigoth with Mammoth Rider. Great title.
All right, there we go. That was Visigoth from Utah with Mammoth Rider. Um, just nice and epic. Great riffing, great vocals. Um, love the old school album art and stuff like that. Plus, they have the full support of Metal Blade Records, and uh, they get a lot of promotion and things like that. So, great band. Uh, all right, we're going to Ontario, Canada here. This is a band that I actually did not even know was Canadian until I was doing the notes uh, for this episode. Uh, it's a thrash band. They're more on the like the death thrash kind of uh, side of things, a more brutal version of thrash. Uh, but it's a five-piece, as I said, from Ontario, formed in 2017, called Raider. And I was a big fan of their debut album that came out in 2020 called Guardians of the Fire. Um, I even made a playlist of like what I considered to be brutal brutal thrash, um, stuff that's kind of more on the death thrash side of things, um, and just, you know, really super aggressive and thick production and stuff like that. Um, stuff like, you know, early 90s Sodom and stuff like that to me was like Tapping the Vein era Sodom to me is practically a death thrash album. Uh, but this band definitely falls into that category. The, the one complaint I have is that their production is almost too pristine on the debut, and it sounds like it probably will be on this second album. Um, but, you know, that's just a minor complaint. That's kind of the way it is with most uh, thrash these days, is to have a pretty crystal clear, kind of sterile production. But, um, but yeah, there's this very fast, very high intensity, uh, great vocals. And yeah, they just released their first uh, single from their upcoming second album, and they released the title track. As of now, it doesn't show that they're signed. Like, it shows that this album's going to be released independently, which is a shame. They definitely are deserving of being signed, I would say. Uh, but this album's going to be called Trial by Chaos, and that's coming out on March 13th. And uh, just like I said with, uh, who was it, Moonlight Sorcery, um, with it being you know, independently released, uh, if, if you're into this, I suggest you go visit their uh, Bandcamp page and pre-order the album and, uh, and support the band. So, uh, so yes, they play, they released the title track and it's definitely follows suit with where the debut left off three years ago. Um, they've retained that same intensity and speed and everything and the production as well, but, uh, it's a really solid tune and, uh, I'm just happy that they're releasing something new. So I'm definitely going to check that out in March when it comes out, because like I said, I really liked that debut. So here we go, off of their upcoming album coming out in March. This is Raider with Trial by Chaos.
All right, there we go. That is Raider from Canada with Trial by Chaos off of their upcoming album of the same name. Yeah, that's definitely just as intense as the debut. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that to that next one because they're kind of them along with the band like Schizophrenia uh, from Belgium. They're kind of uh, basically doing the same style right now and doing it really well. Uh, all right, we're jumping to Sweden for the next few, honestly. Uh, this band's been going since 98 and very well known. That is Watain. And um, I've had the pleasure of seeing Watain live a couple of times, and they've been excellent uh, both times I saw them. And they released a new record. I really liked their previous album. Um, did I say previous with a T? What? I liked their previous album, uh, Trident Wolf Eclipse. Really, really liked that. Thought it was a nice return to form because they had kind of lost me for a few albums there. Um, and yeah, they won me back with that one. So I was uh, definitely eager to see what they would do after that. And uh, they released their newest album in April of 2022 called The Agony and Ecstasy of Watain. And it's their seventh album overall. And that came out through Nuclear Blast. And it didn't quite grab me right out of the gate. Um, I still, if I'm being totally honest, have not given it its full due, its full attention. I have not really given it again since I first checked it out in April. Um, but I don't know what possessed me to do it. Maybe it was seeing them listed on some end of the year, you know, best of 2022 lists and things like that. Um, I did give it one listen last week and said, you know what, there are some good ones on here. Like some of them are a little strange, uh, but some of them are just some great classic straight up, you know, good Watain songs <laughs> so I'm gonna play one that's probably a little more straightforward um, but it's a great tune and it definitely sounds like Watain so yes I still need to fully devote some some solid time to this album uh, but for now I'm just gonna play one that jumped out to me as being a really solid tune of theirs so here we go off of the most recent record the agony and ecstasy of Watain this is Watain with funeral winter
there we go. That was Watain from Sweden with Funeral Winter. Definitely a, a solid tune that kind of fits into their, their catalog nicely, I would say. Uh, there's still some kind of uh, ambitious, kind of strange ones on that album. But, um, but yeah, I need to give it another thorough, you know, listening session um, so I can really digest it. Uh, we're staying in Sweden here, as I said. This one's out of Stockholm. It's a four-piece that's been going since 2010 called Grå, and that is a band that really I only checked out after Dark Funeral had announced who their new singer was. Of course, it's been years now. Um, but yeah, Hell Your Mother, um, he had a couple of bands that were kind of his his babies, I guess. He was in one called, I think they were called Cursed 666, and then changed it to Cursed 13, and then he started Graw, and I believe he plays guitar and sings in Graw, and um, that might be the only one from his early days that he is still in. Like, that's the only one that's still going, because, of course, the majority of his attention uh, is on Dark Funeral. But, um... Yeah, Graw is about to release a new record. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. It's L-Y-C-A-O-N. Lycian? 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 Not sure, so somebody help me out here. Um, But yeah, this is their first album since 2018. It'll be their fourth album overall. It's coming out on January 13th, so that'll be this upcoming uh, Friday, I guess, when that comes out. Coming out through avant-garde music, and uh, so far they've only released one tune. I think, I think only one tune off of it, maybe two. But uh, they've released this song and a music video, and uh, it's pretty good. It doesn't deviate too heavily from uh, the formula that uh, is there on the first three records, but um, but yeah, it's pretty good. And I think it's uh, it's cool that he still kind of keeps this project going as well, uh, given the fact that Dark Funeral occupies so much time. Um, kind of like with. Um, with Gaul from formerly of Gorgoroth, how he always kind of kept Treldom going. Um, of course, Treldom is not broken up, but they haven't done anything in years, and I would love to see a new Treldom album come out at some point. Uh, but yeah, I think it's cool when they can kind of keep these other, um, perhaps more underground projects uh, going. So here we go. Uh, you can check out the music video on YouTube as well if you want to see that, as opposed to just hearing the song here. But off of the upcoming album that I can't seem to pronounce, this is Graw with Flame of Hephaestus.
is Grau from Sweden with Flame of Hephaestus. Um, cool tune. Really like it. Music videos, eh, it's alright. It's whatever. <laughs> I don't really pay too much attention to the videos these days. Uh, alright, we're staying in Sweden once more and staying in Stockholm no less. Um, this band existed from 83 to 04 and is basically considered one of the most important figures in uh, what became modern day black metal. And that's Bathory and I've played Bathory probably a handful of times at this point on older episodes. Um, they're just an excellent band, and uh, there's so many different eras to enjoy. Like, they, they changed first couple albums, are kind of standalone. Third album kind of stands alone. Um, the album I'm about to play a song off of, Blood, Fire, Death, is definitely uh, a unique album that stands as their kind of transitional point uh, from more aggressive stuff to kind of more epic stuff. And then I'd say Hammerheart and uh, and Twilight of the Gods kind of go together somewhat. They definitely sound different, but they, they both are in that really epic Viking um, era. And then they kind of went off the rails with some thrashy stuff through the 90s and uh, early 2000s before kind of coming back again with the Nordland albums with the uh, really epic Viking feel. And of course those go together because they're part one and part two, so of course they go together. But yeah, like you can kind of find whatever style you like, you can kind of find at least one Bathory album that captures that. And um, like for me, my personal favorite is uh, Blood on Ice. And that was the album that was recorded um, after Bloodfire Death and then ended up kind of getting scrapped because he started writing material in that more epic style and was just kind of all in on that style and ended up uh, eventually releasing... Blood on Ice in 96, I believe it was, and uh, I really liked that that album a lot. But yeah, Bloodfire Death was really the transitional point um, for them, and um, it's just such a good record. The songs are, are short and sweet for the most part, but um, they're all so memorable, and that was kind of the case with Under the Sign of the Black Mark as well. Uh, but I, yeah, I love this record. Really, the only one I don't listen to much... Well, I mean, I don't listen to, like, the thrashy, thrashier stuff uh, from, like, the 90s and Destroyer of Worlds and stuff like that. I don't listen to those. But of the, like, classic albums, I, I don't listen to the debut much. It definitely has its charm and definitely, for the time, uh, set the stage for what would become, you know, black metal later on. But just from an overall, like, how... Is it a very listenable album? No, not really. Uh, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough around the edges and pretty sloppy with the performances. And it's just a rough listening experience, so I don't listen to it that often. Um, but this record I love a lot. So really I could pick any song off of this album and uh, and it would be worthy of, of playing on such a prestigious podcast as this one. Um, 
but I went ahead and chose this one. So here we go. Blood, Fire, Death came out in 88, was the fourth album out of 12, and that came out through Under One Flag Records. And here we go off of Blood, Fire, Death. This is Bathory with For All Those Who Died.
All right, that was Bathory with For All Those Who Died. Such a great record. Uh, all right, we're staying in Sweden once more. Uh, we're going to a three-piece that's full of, like, veteran uh, musicians, but uh, this band itself has only been around since 2020, and that is Iron Master. And Iron Master, I played something off of the debut. Actually, I'm playing something else off of the debut because their next one, they haven't really released anything yet other than album title and cover and track list and stuff like that. There's no singles yet, but just the announcement of all that stuff made me go back and listen to the debut uh, again because it is still pretty fresh. Um, the band consists of, oh, I forget who the what the singer's name is exactly, but... Um, but yeah, uh, Jonas Kjellgren, it's kind of his project. Uh, he, of course, used to play for um, Carnal Forge and for Sentinex. And he's probably best known as, a, uh, as an engineer uh, who does uh, a lot of mastering. I can't remember the name of his studio, but there's several, you know, death metal bands and stuff that uh, you'll see his name in the credits as, you know, mastered at his studio, which I can't remember which studio it was, but... Um, but yeah, he's kind of been more behind the scenes instead of active with bands, playing in bands, uh, for years now. But he's been really fired up about this project uh, that he had started called Iron Master and recruited the drummer from Dark Funeral um, and the singer from Scar Symmetry, I want to say it is, because uh, I think Jonas used to play in Scar Symmetry for a brief time. So uh, maybe they're friends from back then, I guess. But yeah, it's just the three of them. And Jonas does all guitars and bass, and uh, the debut is really good. It's pretty high intensity, uh, melodic death metal with a great production. The drumming's phenomenal, uh, the riffing's really good. Um, it doesn't have like this wow factor for me. Like I'm not blown away. Like the performances are great, but um, I'm I'm not just blown away. Where I'm like, man, this is just an, an incredible album, you know. But uh, when the mood hits, you know, it's just some really good, solid, um, kind of high-intensity death metal here. So kind of thrashy, kind of deathy, and kind of melodic, all wrapped in one here with some great drumming. So here we go off of the debut album, Thy Ancient Fire, which came out in February of 2022. This is Iron Master with Throne of Ashen Bones.
There we go. That was Iron Master from Sweden with Throne of Ash and Bones. Uh, it's a really solid record if you haven't checked it out. Um, and I'm on the lookout for this next one coming out in April. Um, from what I remember, Jonas said something about like he pretty much has music for the first like three albums already kind of planned out. So I expect the third album probably won't take long to come out either. So um, I wish the drums on the most recent Dark Funeral sounded like that, even though it's a slightly more sterile production. Uh, they went for a really natural sound on uh, on the last Dark Funeral album, natural drum sound. And while I like that, in principle, I think for a band like Dark Funeral, where everything's being played at such a fast, you know, intensity, um, you, I, feel, I think you kind of lose some of what's being played uh, by keeping it that natural of a, of a sound, that natural of a tone. You kind of can't get the attack you need to really hear everything he's doing on the drums. So uh, the last Dark Funeral album with this drum sound, I think, would have been a pretty good thing. Um... All right, this one's something of an international two-piece project here. I think it maybe used to be a, a three-piece, but uh, somebody's left. Um, but it says it's from Germany and Finland, and it's been going since 2020, and that band is called Order of Nosferat. And they've been busy. They put out uh, two albums in 2021, and now two albums in 2022. So yeah, they're uh, hitting it hard here early on in their career. But it's really kind of vampiric, of course, you can tell from the name, uh, as far as the imagery and the lyrical content and things like that. Uh, but the album covers are just striking, and this newest one is uh, is an excellent album cover, one of my favorites I've seen in recent years. Um, but it just came out, I remember seeing on the Black Metal promotion page that they uh, they had kind of a countdown going of when this album was coming out. So I checked it out and really enjoyed it, and then uh, just happened to see my former bandmate Wes uh, posted something about it as well, like for his end-of-the-year best-of lists. You know, this was kind of a really late entry into his list there, and um, and it's really good. It's very raw, and um, it kind of has some of that, like, Sargeist kind of vibes to it, so I can definitely hear some of that Finnish uh, influence in there, but uh, haven't heard... These other three that just came out in the past year and a half, <laughs> but I need to go back and check them out because uh, I really like this newest one. So the album came out on uh, December 21st, so it's still very fresh, called Vampiric Wrath Unleashed, and uh, just has an awesome cover. You need to check it out. Uh, but it was released independently. Uh, I haven't gone back to see if any of those first three albums were released through a label or if they've always been released independently. Not quite sure, but it's just great. It's very primitive and raw. Uh, but it just kind of has that Finnish kind of melodic vibe to it that you hear with bands like Horna and Sargeist. Um, and it's just done really well. They're not really trying anything too crazy here. But uh, there's just some really memorable parts and memorable songs. And um, it's just cool. It's just a cool record. So here we go off of the new album Vampiric Wrath Unleashed. This is Order of Nosferat with Of Treachery and Bloodshed.
Alright, there we go. That is Order of Nosferat from Germany and Finland. With Of Treachery and Bloodshed. Um, yeah, super raw guitar tone and everything, but um, it's great. Great atmosphere, great imagery uh, with the artwork and everything. Really good record, so I need to check out those first three uh, before they, you know, release another one in, in three months. Um, Alright, we're going to France here. This is a three-piece. Excuse me. My nose is itching something fierce all of a sudden. Three-piece band that's been going since 94. That is Blut aus Nord. And uh, I really enjoy most of, of Blut aus Nord's output. Uh, some of it is just a, a little too bizarre for me. But um, they always seem to mix it up really nicely. Where if they have two or three in a row that are just like super, super avant-garde and weird. Then they'll like scale it back for two albums in a row or something. And then kind of just... They just seem to do whatever they feel like doing at that time, which is really what you should do if you're in a band. Um, but yeah, they've been on a roll lately with their last few. Uh, I think they've been really good. But for a while there, you were kind of um, only treated to some more straightforward albums, just kind of peppered in there every once in a while in their discography. Um, the very first Memoria Vetusta album was kind of more straightforward, and then years later they did part two, and part two, while it was more scaled down than some of their others in terms of just weirdness, uh, it was still a little weird for me because it followed up uh, a couple of really weird albums. Like they did the album uh, Mort, M-O-R-T, and that was really bizarre. And then uh, Odinist, I believe, was the one that followed it, and that one was was equally as bizarre. And, um, and then they put out Memoria Vetusta Part 2, and it was definitely more palatable, but um, still had a lot of weirdness to it. Um, but I think by the time they got around to releasing Part 3, they did Memoria Vetusta. Part 3, Saturnian Poetry is what it was called. And that came out in October of 2014 through Debimer Morty Productions, who I think they're still signed with. Uh, but that was their 11th record out of 14, and it had been a while. Um, I can't remember when Part 2 came out, but... Um, but maybe like, I don't know, maybe 2008, I want to say. I could be wrong there. Uh, so yeah, we're talking like six, seven years later after part two is when they released part three. Uh, amazing cover art. Um, the production, I think, was better than some of their other releases before and after it. Um, and yeah, they just kind of, once again, kind of scaled it back to where it's a little more easily consumed, I guess, for your, uh, for your fair weather listener. <laughs> and there's some great songs on here, and, um, you don't need, uh, you know, a physics degree to kind of understand what the hell's going on like you do on some of their stuff. Um, so yeah, really cool record, so if you're not a fan of Blute House Nord or bands like that because it's so off the wall and, and just weird, uh, you should check out these Memoria Vetusta records because they're definitely more, uh, easy to digest. So I'm playing something off of Part 3, if you haven't gathered that already. So like I said, that came out in 2014, 11th album out of 14. And yeah, this one's always been a standout track for me when it comes to this record. So here we go, off of Memoria Vetusta Part 3. This is Blut aus Nord with Forhist. <laughs>
All right, there we have it. That was Blute Aus Nord from France with Fort Hist off of Mudmoria Vetusta Part 3, Saturnian Poetry. Yeah, great record. Um, and they've really been on a roll with their last couple as well. Um, I, I've said this many times before, but of the bands that kind of do that really avant-garde, just weirdness, they're kind of my favorite. Uh, all right, we're going to Norway here. This was a something of a super group, a four-piece that existed from 05 to 07, I think, and they only released the one album, and that band is I. And I was kind of the brainchild of Abbott from Immortal, and uh, so he was doing guitar and vocals, and he recruited uh, Ice Dale from Enslaved on lead guitar and uh, King of Hell on bass from uh, from Gorgoroth at the time. And who was on drums? Armageda, the original drummer for Immortal, who uh, who had left Immortal basically due to just kind of not being super interested and being more of like a rock drummer than a metal drummer anyways. I mean, you'll see in the booklet for Immortal's first album, you know, that Abbott and Demonos are both wearing corpse paint and spitting fire and stuff like that. And, and Armageda is just kind of a... A dude with no corpse paint, he's just kind of got long, frizzy hair and is wearing sunglasses, and uh, I guess he just wasn't really into the idea of doing the corpse paint, who knows? But yeah, from what I understand, they've always remained friends uh, for years and years, and um, and he did the drums on this, which is pretty cool. There's nothing particularly, you know, technical or really intense or fast or anything on this, uh, this I album. It's more rock-based, which is kind of the point. It's kind of a, you know... There's very little that's black metal about this. The closest thing that's black metal about it is just Abbott's voice. And even then, he doesn't have much of a black metal voice anyways. It's just that croaky <laughs> croaky voice of his. But uh, but yeah, this definitely kind of has more of a rock, you know, heavy, just traditional heavy metal kind of uh, vibe to it. A lot of Bathory influence in terms of uh, more the more epic, you know, slower songs. Um, but the album, they only released the one album called Between Two Worlds in November of 06 through Nuclear Blast Records. I think they only did one or two shows. Uh, I know they played in Bergen, and uh, that was like a big deal. I remember seeing a lot of pictures of, of their, possibly their one and only performance. But this is a great record, and every song really has its own identity. Uh, the production's great, of course. It sounds huge. and uh, But yeah, every song is memorable and has its own... It stands on its own two legs, and um, the performances are great. And this is an album that I don't think enough people talk about, and it's something that uh, myself and uh, Justin, my bandmate in Kriegsgrove, we both kind of bond over this album because we think it's amazing. <laughs> we think it's a really strong record with virtually no weak points at all, and um, it's a shame there isn't more But um, from this project, at least. But, uh, but we can enjoy this record, at least. It's a damn good one, so... Here we go off of their only album, Between Two Worlds. This is I with Warriors.
Alright, there we go. That was I from Norway with Warriors off of their one and only album, Between Two Worlds. Um, Alright, it is that time for me to announce the final song of the podcast. Of course, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for telling other people uh, where they can listen to the podcast. Uh, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Uh, or on the free Podbean app, and of course the entire catalog of uh, episodes is on Spotify, so you can find it and follow it there. Uh, Also, please find and like the Facebook page, um, any sort of updates or news or poll questions for you guys, the listeners, uh, it's all going to be posted there, so please find and like the Facebook page. And any sort of like feedback or requests or uh, critiques or whatever you want to throw at me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, I initially was going to try to do a themed episode for 135, but I haven't quite hammered down exactly what I want to do yet, Uh, so I've been starting to kind of just basically put together another just kind of regular episode for 135. Maybe for 136 I'll have my uh, my ducks in a row and do another themed one, we'll see. But yes, be ready for 135 coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, All right, we are going to, um, I always want to say the Czech Republic, but that's not what it's called anymore. What do they call it now? Czechia? Um, I can't remember when that change happened either. I just kind of, you just kind of see it on a map and you're like, oh, that's not what it used to be. (laughs) But uh, this band's a three-piece from Prague. They've been going since 2010 and they've gotten more and more bizarre with each release. And that is Cult of Fire. And I remember hearing the debut and thinking it was pretty uh, ferocious and pretty cool. Second album, they started getting weird, but it was still really cool. I think I've played something off of this second album once before, um, and then they've done two since then, and I think the two newest ones are with a new singer, because it sounds a little bit different. I know they have a new singer, and I think he sang on both of these newer ones. But musically, it's just gotten weirder and weirder. Like, they kind of have this kind of... What's the... What's the word I'm looking for? You just kind of get this almost like Buddhist kind of uh, Indian, like, there's not quite sitars in there, but you know what I mean? You kind of picture like kind of that Eastern Asian, you know, Southern Asian kind of India type vibe. It's hard to explain. I don't know. You'll You'll kind of know what I mean, but I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but they've really... Um, ramped that up a lot in the last two albums and it's it's far less about extreme metal and it's more about this kind of uh, ritualistic kind of vibe that they have going on it's a little weird but a lot of people really dig it um, I've heard good things about those two newest ones but they're just kind of not for me um, but yeah the first couple came out in 2012 and 2013 and then there was a bit of a lineup change and then they released two albums in 2020 um, but yeah, I'll stick to the first two for now. Let's <laughs> see. We'll see what happens in the future. But uh, this album in question, the second album, is called Ascetic Meditation of Death, and that came out in November of 2013 through Iron Bonehead, which is a label I love. And uh, yeah, this one is definitely when they started to kind of transition to more experimental um, elements in their sound. But um, at the root of it all, it's still just some good, intense extreme metal and uh, they're just a cool band it's a very interesting band they haven't gone totally off the deep end for me like you know in terms of just being super bizarre but uh, those last two are just kind of not something I really 
uh, listen to much. You know, I, I'd have to be in a really specific mood for it. But yeah, cool band, and I think a pretty good way to uh, to finish this thing out. So, see you guys in two weeks with episode 135. Until then, take it easy. So here we go, off of ascetic meditation of death. This is Cult of Fire with On the Funeral Pyre of Existence. Cheers. Cheers.